Hey, it's Tegan. And it's Holly. Welcome to our brand new podcast, The Witching Hour. We are your big sisters, here to give you the savage and honest advice you all need to hear. We're absolutely not professional, but we have absolutely been through some shit. We're really here to take the piss out of ourselves. So, disclaimer guys, please don't sue us. So buckle up and enjoy our podcast. Hey guys, so we are up to episode five now. What's up, witches and bitches? We are back. Yeah, we are back here. Really exciting. We have interviewed Hannah uh, from hannahlicious.food on Instagram. Please check her out. She's absolutely stunning. Uh, And we're so privileged after the chat to realize she's just as stunning as a person as she is on the outside. So um, really excited for you guys to hear this episode. Yeah, so stay tuned, guys. It is a great episode and a real insight into Hannah's life and how she's become who she is today and you're just going to love it. Yeah, yeah. How's this week been for you anyway? This week has been crazy busy. We've had (laughs) our answer every week. (laughs) People just have no idea the amount of stuff Tegan and I do. We both have two jobs. We have this podcast. We're making our own business. Now we've got a blog that's just gone up and (laughs) all this Instagram is just never ending. It's like we just keep adding more and more things on our list. But we love it. We love every part of it. Certainly not complaining. No, we are very fortunate and lucky to have all these opportunities and watch this space, guys. Absolutely. So I know something interesting that happened to you this week. (laughs) You and your bloody TikTok. So you had someone comment that they wanted to pay you (laughs) to take a video doing a shit. What? (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, When I saw it, I was just like, oh, my God. And then someone commented back being like, no. (laughs) It's actually, it's not the first time I've gotten messages like that. As Tegan knows, I get all kinds of messages and uh Guys, wild, guys are asking me, so, well, a lot of girls get ones being like, I'll be your sugar daddy, but I get kind of one that <laughs> take ones a that, shit. that take a shit or <laughs> delve a little bit deep or even like they'll pay, they'll just give, they'll be money pigs basically. So I, I get that a lot, which is very interesting and amusing. Amusing for <laughs> but sure. Scary. But like, yeah, scary. Like I get everyone's got the things they're into, but I just can't even fathom how that's a turn on how is that a turn on whatever uh, what are you into anyway can confirm she's not going to do it or not that i know of <laughs> no no i am not going to <laughs> take a shit for money sorry guys that's it it have um, to be a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's on my mind this week is i'm actually back on the wiggles bandwagon have you seen the purple wiggle when you showed me the picture of him i nearly fell over i was like what we are going to the wiggles who's kid someone (laughs) one of our friends or one of our listeners give us your kid because we're going to the wiggles (laughs) we need an excuse so we don't just look like crazy girls yeah thirsty thirsty girls um anyway it's pretty (laughs) thirsty or scary because we're trying to steal children now so anyway (laughs) abducting children it's just getting out of control yeah isn't it um my last little pop culture uh little 
tidbit of the week is have you heard anything about the M&Ms as in the confectionery, not the wrapper, like the big controversy that's going on with that? No, I don't. I don't listen to the news, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Like, I'm just not all about it. I think it's like there's a lot of fake news and things so, like, like that. So, like, we've had you know the recent devastation in Ukraine, and we've had local floods here, and you know there's some really big serious issues going on in the world, and now all of a sudden everyone's really upset about the fact that they have changed the shoes on the Eminem characters. People are really upset by that. Why yep. have they changed the shoes for the Eminem characters? Yeah, well, was it offensive? So you know the green um, Miss Sexy or what, whatever her thing is. Yeah. I know it's sexy. I don't know if she's Miss Miss or I don't know. I don't know. She's the lime green Eminem. Can we just state she's a fictional character? She had the stiletto boots, like yes. the come fuck me boots. Yeah. <laughs> and they, so me as an M&M. You as an M&M, bro. So yeah. they've made her legs a little bit shorter and stumpier and put sneakers on her. Why? Well, because they're trying to be more inclusive and the feminists okay. are jumping up and down saying, let her have her boots. Yeah, wow. Okay, so making her, okay. I don't see what the big issue is of her having boots or sneakers. Why can't she have both? Well, M&Ms are out here making controversy. Obviously, you're not at all down with pop culture and what's going on in the world. But (laughs) it was, I don't know if it was a year, two or three years ago, recently-ish, they put up a picture introducing the newest brown M&M and they put her with the green M&M holding hands at the beach and there was this big controversy because they're like, ah, oh, they, they had to include a lesbian couple of M&Ms. Yeah. yeah. Out of control. It's just out of control. Like what? It, so they've been disbanded. Like M&M's Mars Confectionery came out uh, within the last week and said, um, unfortunately, we're breaking up the band and those confect, you know, and I love that, you know, the one where they're on the flight and yeah. they're trying to, yeah. they're hiding and then there's the one where they're, you know, the, the guy's trying to get the M&M's as a snack for yeah. his date night on it's the a couch. Fun, it's a fun ad. Every, everyone takes things so personally. Yeah. So personally. Look, it's not the kind of news I want to <laughs> listen to or worry about M&M's and their shoes. But I get it, guys. We're all getting offended very easily. Uh, well, I guess amazing segue. Funny you mentioned that. It's it come to my attention, you know, that – Perhaps the the content that I'm putting out is potentially upsetting some people that are close to me because they're worried about me. Um, I need to chat to them a little bit more about their concerns, but I think a lot of people have been asking them about me and if I've if I've changed teams. <laughs> Guys, it's okay. Look. We knew this was going to happen. We did. We were waiting. And Tegan and I both like males. I love Tegan to death, Mm. but I could not swing for girls. I'm sorry, Mm. but I am the princess and I like You just made out that I'm the butch girl then anyway, (laughs) you absolute bitch. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Like I, we're both like males. I We're just sorry. don't think that it's something I need to be out here defending. My no, we are allowed. Anyway. No, of course not. And even if that, even if we were, 
why is that even a factor? Why does that even matter? It shouldn't even be a thing. Like if we like girls, then we like girls. It shouldn't even be a conversation people are having or worried about. I think it's it's quite relevant, the Eminem story now that I think about it, and it, it had no correlation prior to, you know, me making some notes for today. But, you know, we're all so sensitive. Like imagine the day when, you know, it's embarrassing to be straight. <laughs> Or it's like, oh, boring. Oh, I'm sorry. I like who I like. And that's exactly right. I but know you would all love to think Holly and I sit around in our underwear and have pillow fights. Well, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all friends-based. Oh, but it's it's just crazy. It's like you can't be close friends with someone without there being something more. No. And I even, I've found that with guys numerous times in the past that I've been really close with because I engage really well with guys in conversation because they're no drama not drama and that's why we get along because we don't talk about people we talk about topics and about life and about goals we have and so I've had that in the past where I'm friends with guys like oh they're seeing each other I go to dinner or lunch with a guy oh they're seeing each other no I'm just friends yeah and look we won't get into this too much because this is not what you tune in for to hear us whinging (laughs) in our tangents but um I think it's probably something that I would like to use this space just before the interview to, you know, make it really clear that we're all talk. (laughs) We talk a big game and everything we've said so far is factual, but the fact of the matter is we do very much like our own time and we're so driven with this podcast, the blog, the website, the merchandise, both of our jobs it's we're just not in a mind space of prioritizing a partner uh and quite frankly we're both pretty much virgins right now anyway (laughs) (laughs) we're born again virgins that's for sure but yeah we um we are very driven with our future and with our own business right now so that is our focus so it's all steam ahead um finding time for someone else in our life we just don't and that's we're in business together so of course we're going to have a lot of time together and we need to to make it successful yeah. but yeah we um yeah I'm yeah. finished with defending that anyway yeah um all right let's get into it let's go introducing our very first guest today we are honored to speak to an online fitness coach a social media influencer a West End theatre performer and a recovering eating disorder survivor. Please welcome Hannah Lawson. Hannah, our first question that we have for you will be, why do you do what you do? Ah, okay. So, um, obviously we'll touch base later on about my recovery, but I... I kind of had a major career change, like probably during COVID. So I am an online coach now. I also teach like singing and dancing to younger ones as well. I do a bit of everything, basically. That's how I like to roll. Um, So yeah, my main business is my online coaching. Um, So I work with weight loss clients, eating disorder recovery clients, and it's about kind of building their confidence, confidence in fitness and health 
but you know it's not always about the physicality it's the mentality as well um so I love hyping people up and you know getting them to smash their goals as well so not just a coach but a friend too that's what I do basically and that's exactly (laughs) how I've seen you so for our listeners Hannah is also my coach and I'm so unmotivated. It's not even funny. And Hannah is just there for me on my grumpy days. Holly, you're my other half. You know how grumpy I, I know. can get. And, <laughs> but I've heard all about Hannah. This is the first time I've actually spoken to her face-to-face. We have yeah. message, but I've heard only wonderful things about Hannah and how she's not only a coach but she's a friend yeah. and she's so supportive. And not only to Tegan, I know plenty of girls and guys around town or that I know that you actually coach which is amazing yeah. to hear like you're such a big name and chef as it is that you're the coach to go to and you're all the way in the UK. So you better move to Australia and be with us. <laughs> do, you know where, do you know where Shepparton is? No, I don't. So my cousins actually live in Brisbane, but I don't know like specific locations I'm not very educated in that if we were to drive from Shepparton to Brisbane you'd have to drive uh 20 20 to 24 hours yeah Yeah. non-stop to get there yeah yeah so you're kind of close (laughs) we'll we'll just come up to Brisbane yeah I think that's yeah I mean hashtag Shep love but We'll meet you somewhere nice up. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and what do you wish everybody understood about your job? Is there a common misconception? Um, yeah. So, again, it can be quite hard hitting. Like, sometimes you get clients that might not answer you or they just don't check in. And you can try so much and not get anything back. And, you know, some people aren't always ready to commit, and that's fine. But I think sometimes because I'm a perfectionist and I'm a high achiever, I think that it's something that I've done wrong. But um, I always speak to my mentors. I have a mentor who, um, so the coaching app that I work with, she always gives me like tips on like social media and stuff like that. And she's always like, Hannah, it's not you. It's, It's them going through something. And, you know, you just kind of need to take a step back and be like, you've done all you can. Yep. And that's fine. So I'm always there to listen to everyone's ups and downs um, and to hold them accountable for as well. But sometimes I forget to, you know, look after myself and look after my own mental health as well. Not so much like this is the thing. Since my recovery from my eating disorder, I never take it out on food or, you know, obsessive exercise anymore, which is such a positive. But instead I like beat myself up and I, you know, you can get anxious and stressed about it all. Um but at the end of the day, I do love what I I do and it is rewarding, especially to see, you know, people excel in confidence and their fitness and health journey too. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's quite mentally draining at times, um, but there's more highs than there are lows. So, yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely. say that. I can definitely see that with the kind of person you are as well. You would take it quite personally so I can exactly see why you feel the way you do. But I think that makes you such a great coach yeah. is that you can relate to people and you can really be at their level and understand and you really want to help them. So I think that's why you've yeah. been so successful. And the next question is you've been super successful in your business and as an influencer, 
Um, how do you define success though? So I wrote this down because I was like, well, how do I define success? <laughs> so success is, um, and what I do is like, um, it's working hard to create something special that also inspires others. So obviously creating my business as a coach, like I never thought I would go into this career. Like say, skip back like two years ago, I was going back to London to be in a show. But then I was like, no, I just had a whole like 180 and was like, no, I'm going to do something else. Um, so again, like all these things um, that I never thought I could achieve because again, being in London, I never knew how to drive. I didn't need a car. Like it was just tube or train. So I came home, I achieved all of those things. Like got my driving um, license, got a car, got a flat, um, and again, it's because I was like determined. I'm very determined. And if I see something or I want something, I'll make sure that I get to that point where I'm like, right, I've got it. Um, and again, success is when you put your mind to something and you try each day. And if you fail, you get back up again and try again until you reach to that point. Um, so again, I would never want to be someone who's had something handed to them on a plate and they're like, yeah, I'm successful now. But I'm like, no, I would rather graft. Like I graft every single day and that makes me feel better for my success. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great answer. And I think probably one of the biggest takeaways I took from what you said then was that when you fail or you fall down, you just get back up and you just keep going because otherwise, you know, you're never going to achieve that success. So that's yeah it's a really good definition and I think I'm gonna re-listen to this a few times and apply it myself well you hear that a lot with really successful people and the reason why they've got there is because they've had a lot of downfalls and they have failed at times so just hearing it from you again just confirms that you know success there's so many different levels and you do stumble down and you do be successful but then there's times that things don't go how you plan them to be so it's nice to hear yeah. from you that you've just kept going even though you've been pushed back you just keep moving forward and getting Absolutely. more and more successful and being such a genuine and nice person at the same time I think that holds great value to you as well oh thank you <laughs> What is one of your most recent successes that you're most proud of? Oh, that's quite difficult. Hmm. I think I kind of reached um, a point where I've got an amount of clients that I never thought I would be able to, you know, hold on to and get. So that was one of them. Um, but I think sometimes, like, I love my parents, but... I don't think they realize like how successful my business would be, you know, taking a step back from performing, which they've always seen me do like growing up and, you know, it's like, oh, that's my daughter's like on the West End and all this. And I think that took like a hard hit for them when I decided not to go back. And there were many arguments mm -hmm. and like issues with that. But then I took it upon myself to be like, right, I'm going to move out of, my family home because also I'd been living in London for five years then came back during COVID there wasn't really room for me at home so there's a lot of like tensions that were high um so I think like taking that step back and doing things for myself that I never thought I could like independence especially with my eating disorder was never there like 
I never went out. I never thought I was allowed to like, you know, do all these things that I now have. Like I, I'll go out for a drink. I'll go out for food. I don't have to punish myself. So I think, again, that is probably one of my biggest successes is finally recovering. And I'm actually doing something. I can't say too much. <laughs> Exclusive for <laughs> um, you guys. <laughs> something that I want to represent my recovery journey with. My mother will kill me but she doesn't need to know yet. I think you, mm-hmm. yeah, you might know. Him. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Okay. Wow. Yep. All right. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this, please don't tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> please don't, anyone. <laughs> that's, that's a mutual rule. Anything that we ever do, I think don't that's going to be like a little snippet we're going to take from the podcast <laughs> to put out on social media so people listen. <laughs> So you did touch on theatre there, Hannah. So most people will know yeah. that you did perform in theatre. Can you tell us a little bit about that and who was it with? Yeah. So um, ever since I, got, I was a young girl, like I always sang and I was at dancing lessons when I was like three. So my parents, that's how they met. Um, so my mum was a dancer, my dad was a drummer, so a musical oh, family. So nice. I know, but she like she stepped away from her career to be with him. So like she can't always have a go at me for being like you didn't go back. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I grew up in that kind of background, and um, as soon as I hit high school, again it was a performing arts well it specialized in performing arts so I was always like singing in assemblies I was always in the school shows and outside of that I do like amateur dramatics and being like the off um kind of season shows as well um and then I was like right I want to go to a college in Manchester that I know loads of um people that I've seen go to drama school in London and then they get to perform on the West End I was like that's that's what I want to do so so I did I commuted every single day for two years when I was 16 then I auditioned for drama school in second year of college and I got into my dream drama school and I was like right that's it so you'd always go to shows like UK tour shows or West End shows and you open the program where they trained arts ed and I was like right I want to go there I'm, I'm gonna go there um so yeah I went to arts ed And I did three years of training there in musical theatre. It was tricky. It was hard. Mm. Um, I was also in a bit of a relapse with my eating disorder at times. So I don't know. I feel like I could have given so much more if I didn't have that. But, you know, it is what it is. I still went out. After drama school, I went into Les Mis in the West End. I don't know if you know the the musical. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, what? And it was my parents' Amazing. favourite musical. Obviously, they were super excited about that. Um, and then after Les Mis, I did little things on the side. I did pantomime. I was Cinderella. That was so oh, much fun. That was like... I can see you as that. <laughs> it was so good. Um, and then I auditioned. So before COVID, I auditioned for Airspray. And I got into hairspray and then we were into like our third day of rehearsals and then the whole world just went, 
um, shut down, isolation, COVID, and we were like, oh, shit, okay. Oh, so um, this was just pre-COVID you were doing this? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Third day into rehearsal, yeah. which was like a full rehearsal period, and then we were supposed to open in the West End. We're like, oh, my God. Like everyone was gutted, but obviously there's nothing that you could do. Um, so we had like Zoom calls during COVID and we like, when when's the show going to be back up and running? We're like, we're not sure yet. We might have to postpone it to like May 2022 and see how we go. And I was like, right, okay. Um, but then we got invited to perform as like a, what was it? Um, a socially distanced performance on Britain's Got Talent for um ITV so oh, wow. we I know we got to rehearse you can't stop the beat and like a big hairspray medley and we were broadcast on ITV like a few weeks later in the September just after COVID so that was amazing got loads of screen time I was like oh yeah um and then it came to I think it was like May April time when we were set to go back to rehearsals I just had this wave of anxiety like during COVID, I fully recovered from my eating disorder. So I think London had those bad memories of that. And I was like, yeah. oh, I, I don't know if I want to go back now. Um, so I made that decision. And I also got my PT qualifications. I got all of those things on board. And I was like, I actually want to do that for a bit and just take a step back. So yeah, I didn't go back to London. I have had auditions and I still have an agent, but it's this coaching business I wish I did have beforehand because it's really tricky in the industry for auditioning and you're in between jobs because you're like where's the money going to come from like this is a stress yeah and I think that as well was too much for me um so yeah I'll always go back into it and if I get an audition I'll always go for it but to juggle that right now as well is quite difficult but yeah I, I would I'll never give it up but yeah oh, that's, so that's it so you would still do theatre now if you had auditions and things? Yeah. There was something that came up and I'd be like, yeah, I've always wanted to be in that. Old. Okay, it's a nice little short contract. I'll do that. Then what? I totally would. So what fun. is the, the dream gig then for theatre? Oh, I always said Wicked. Yeah. So Wicked oh. to me is But I'd always want to be Elphaba instead of the blonde. Which, yeah, like, <laughs> Elphaba vibes, like belty sort of. But then they'd look at me and be like, "Oh, you, you probably be more to Glinda." But that's the way the industry Just works. Just tell them, so, demand it. <laughs> definitely take both. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. It's so funny you're into theatre. I can see that's why we all get along so well because we're all dramatic and <laughs> talk a lot yeah. and. A bit Love theatrical it. and like to dance. So I can see we'll get on like a house of fire when you come to Australia. Um, we're already putting it in the books that it's you're going to have diary. to come to Australia. It's going to be in the diary. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's your next guest appearance, okay, in season two or three. Yeah, You're going to be on our couch in our podcast room. <laughs> Yeah. Not, yeah, not in my house with the dogs humping in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so you did um touch on your eating disorder, Hannah. Where did it stem from exactly? Your eating disorder and and what it what was it for you? 
yeah, so I think um, being a perfectionist and high achiever has always run in my family. And it can be in your genes, like you just don't know. And I think my mum touched base that her mum did suffer with her eating as well. Um, and she always noticed that. Um, so I think it was a mix of that. And then obviously I was dancing from a young age. So I'm around other girls and mm. I thought that I was like quite podgy and I can do like flips and trips like some girls. And mm. that always made me feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Um, and then it came to like starting high school so it's already in year seven like diet talks and I'm not having lunch because I need to lose weight like at the lunch table and I'd automatically take that on board most of the time the girls are probably going home and eating food I wasn't so I'd be very determined like I need to lose weight I need to do this and then it got obsessive to the point where my mum was like you've lost way too much weight I'm taking you to the doctors then um I never fully actually had a period or a normal like healthy Mm. cycle which was really scary so I was already cut off like hormones and all the growth that I needed um so I had my eating disorder for I'd say about 12 years how old were you sorry Hannah how old were you when you Twelve, yeah. which is so it's very young. again, yeah, it was awful. And I remember obviously my mum being distraught, and she tried everything. And it's so hard to understand it if you haven't been through it. And that's why now, like girls will come to me and be like, "You understand?" And obviously their parents want to help them as much as possible. But I remember my parents like trying to help and then arguments would erupt and it is it's a difficult illness because it got me OCD you know I was depressed like all these things rose from it um and again being in that industry it was really hard to not focus on it when I was on stage so I never thought I was in the character so when I went into the West End again I feel like I could have you know enjoyed it so much more than I did but because that burden was there the whole time like when I was off stage what am I eating what's everybody else eating I need to exercise it's like the constant and again that's why I relate to so many of my clients who are going through that I know what it's like but oh my gosh on the other side of it it's so much better like now I do things that I probably should have done in my teeth (laughs) but oh well um, you know, you can let your hair down, I can go out for drinks, I can do whatever I want, but I felt like it was a constant punishment. Um, even at drama school, like people were going out all the time and enjoying themselves and relaxing. I wasn't, I was like a constant, I have to do this, I have to do that. Um, so yeah, it does take over and it is a horrible illness that I wouldn't wish on anyone. So you said that the eating disorder was a good 12-year process or cycle for you. When did you, if you don't mind me asking a fairly personal question, when did you get your first period? So um, it was when I came home from from London um, during COVID, which is crazy. Oh, my God. So so I came home uh, from London being in isolation and then when you were allowed to, like, travel, um, I went back to my parents' house like mid July, and then I think again, my dad always home cooks. Um, 
amazing meals like I started to get like a bit more of a balance I wasn't really eating meat a lot in COVID I was like oh I'm trying to save money like I'll just eat veggie and I wasn't eating enough in the day but then being at home like there's a it's a lot of food and it is nice and encouraging and again there was no pressure of auditions and theatre so actually take a step back and kind of be like all right I can focus on my recovery of like finally after all these years Um, and it just naturally happened I started to do weight training that wasn't cardio so I got a coach she put no cardio in it whatsoever and I was like but then I knew that I needed to do that in order to you know regain my period back I started to eat like carbs um good fat all those kind of things didn't fixate on calories as such um and then I met my boyfriend so (laughs) we went but we kind of came together in lockdown so he said that I slid into his dm (laughs) (laughs) so he put um like a boomerang of his like home gym and I like popped up with like clapping emojis. And our brothers are actually really good friends. So they were like, oh God, this is weird. Um, and then he invited me on a date. And so we went for like a walk. It was like in, you know, a COVID date. Um, <laughs> we went for a walk in this like really nice place near us. Um, and then I think my I was so distracted and I was like enjoying like actually having someone to talk to and get on with. It gradually just happened, like, November, was it late November, like, a few weeks in, I was like, oh, my God, I've got cramps, like, what's going on? And then my period started, and I was like, wow, after all these years, I've finally, like, been looking after myself, like, I'm distracted with something else, and it just happened, I didn't have to force it which I think a lot of people put too much pressure, I need to start my period, like, how did you get it back? And I'm like... I didn't even think about it. It just happened. And you didn't even have it to begin with. So Um, I can't imagine getting your period, you know, early to mid-20s. Like I think to some extent maybe that would have been easier. I think, no, it's a lot more common now and I hear young girls come into my store and have the same issue and it's because they're not eating or they're really stressed, their cortisone levels and all those things, not sleeping correctly, all these things, especially as women, and they're afraid of fats, they're afraid of carbs. They just want to be skinny. That's all they care about. And they're afraid to even Mm -hmm. lift weights. So it's such a relatable thing and a topic for people to see you, Hannah, and especially young girls to see you and how gorgeous and how loving and the physique that you've built and they can relate to being through an eating disorder and then trying to recover and be better and they don't want to have to count calories all the time or worry about food they want to enjoy life and just knowing that as soon as you became happier within your life and eating more normal and getting a partner that's when your life changed and then you start to get your period it's kind of like wow like everything that we told actually is fact like if we stress less if we do all these things it actually is going to make our body be happier all right Han. so after chatting about all of that how would you say your eating disorder affected your life as a whole um it definitely like dampened like my teenage life I felt very isolated from everyone I felt like I tarnished a lot of relationships in drama school like 
again, I put a lot of pressure on, you know, flatmates. Everything always had to be clean. And I'd be up for like hours cleaning their stuff when, you know, obviously it should have been them. But I think, you know, as a normal teenager, you just eat your dinner and like leave it on the side. For me, I was like, no, it has to be um, but then it took the joy out of like drama school. So they're all in the lounge, like laughing and joking. I'm there like cleaning, like bloody Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like, oh God, why is she such a goody two shoes? And I probably was, I, I was. And again, people didn't like that about me. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of pressure on other people. Like when I was out with friends, I'd always be asking them like, what are you eating? And if they didn't finish theirs, I wouldn't finish mine or, um, I'd be like, what have you eaten throughout the day? Like obsessive talk like that. And yeah. people would be like, oh, I can't deal with that anymore. And they wouldn't fully understand that I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. But that's how it takes over your brain. Um, Obviously, I didn't drink a lot of alcohol because like, oh no, the calories in it. Like I can't do that. So I'd never go out. Yeah. I'd never have like relationships either. Like into dating. I just wasn't confident enough. And obviously not loving my body either. I didn't want anybody else to like love me. So again, it hit hard and I was very sensitive, like college as well. You know, the teachers, when they fire stuff at you. And I remember one comment from a teacher saying that I looked like a little boy because I was literally so skinny. I obviously had no develop- development in this area. Like yeah. I was tiny, but she didn't know what I was going through. Um, but like little comments and jokes like that from teachers would hit hard and so yeah it was was a shit time and therapy I never thought worked for me I was like no this doesn't work like I'll try something they'd be like no switch off you try and get me to do all these activities I'm just not gonna do it (laughs) I've got too much stress on my mind because I just wasn't putting my recovery first yeah I think that's so relatable to so many young girls and even boys just the outside pressures you have even off other people and even if they're not saying it to you for example theater and I know I used to do ballet so I know the pressures of being skinny to just do these movements and to be the star of the show and unfortunately that's just how it was if you weren't fitting into that tiny little tutu then you weren't chosen Mm -hmm. because you weren't what they wanted at the front of the line So I think it's really relatable in so many aspects of life or fundamentals with girls especially um, can definitely relate to everything you're saying. And even when eating out, and I know I've been there in the past and I've not wanted to eat certain things that other people are eating because I'm worried about the calories or worried about this or that or I couldn't have fun or go and do things because I was worried about all the other elements that had to come into play. And I was like, no, I've got to be skinny. So I'm not going to do all those things. Yeah. So I think it's so relatable and so many young girls will um, definitely relate to your story. And yeah, so I was going to say like, even if, like you said, I, I presume you've not had an eating disorder, but again, lots of people go through it even my weight loss clients can get obsessive and be like oh I shouldn't be having that and I'm like no you can have those things like it's moderation it's balanced and I see some coaches putting their clients on extreme diets and I'm like no because 
that's not going to build a healthy relationship with anything in the future. And um, so, yeah. And, and that's a big part of why I love you so much, Han, because I have seen the most incredible results and you have me eating pasta every day and there's chocolate in there every day too. Like it's wild. It's wild what I'm eating. And you just really have that balance nailed. Thank you. I'm glad you love it. <laughs> well, she has to say it. Yeah, I'm just it. Pay me later. <laughs> I, definitely longevity of life and making it a lifestyle that you can adhere to is so important. And I think you definitely have nailed that with Tegan and everyone I've seen. Everyone's just loving the lifestyle and they're getting results because yeah. they're happy. Yeah. Um, which is just so bizarre that happiness makes us look better. Yeah. Wow. It does. <laughs> Um, all right, I think we're going to shift into a very different um, <laughs> part of the show. Of the what show. <laughs> what we all really want to hear, Hannah, so Hannah, <laughs> what is your spiciest opinion that most people disagree with? <laughs> your face. So, I'm like, oh, I <laughs> we're here for it. Okay. Right. So actually, yeah, I can be a bit like, there is two different programs and I find one like more appealing because it's quite sexual, which is <laughs> Netflix too hot to handle, right? Compared so to Love Island, we're seeing a lot more like, you know, tension, sex, people being horny. Yeah. And I much prefer that than I'm not interested in Love Island anymore. But people are still like, yeah, Love Island. I'm like, no, have you watched Too Hot to Handle on Netflix? Different kind of level, right? Thanks, so Hannah, I would thank say you. that spiciest opinions right now. Yeah, one of them, yeah. Yeah, I can agree <laughs> with that. Like, I mean, it, our previous episode was actually on pornography and pornography consumption and whether you're for it or against it. And just with how accessible it is, that makes a lot of sense with what you're saying. And Love Island, you can have sex if you want. You can kiss them. The fact that it's like yeah. to, like you're really not allowed to, like that Lana yells at you if you do. It's so spicy, isn't it? It's so spicy. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. It's, it's like that thing that you, you want what you can't get. Totally. So it makes you want it more and then we're watching it and like you you can't do that, you can't do that and it's like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, We actually met a couple of Love Island boys the other night so that was interesting. That was wild. It was a wild night. Yeah, one of them was actually Cal, the, the Welsh guy that's on the Australian one. Um, he's a naughty boy. Oh, I bet he is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, Han, pre-interview, you alluded to us and if people are reading between the lines on a conversation at the start of this podcast, that you aren't actually as innocent as everyone thinks you are. So, Hannah, <laughs> spill the tea. We want to hear it. Everyone wants to hear it. So, like, obviously um, when I started, you know, hormones and all those kind of things, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm quite sexy. Oh my god, you're beautiful. You know, and then do you know what? Like when I started to like get some development in this area, I was like, for ages, I was like, I really want something that again, my mother would kill me for. <laughs> so I actually have things in this, area. and I was like, yeah, 
and my mom, <laughs> I said to her, have you not noticed? And she was like, noticed what? I was like, I've got a piercing that you don't know about. So also, I kind of went like rogue as well and got all my ears, like you got everything pierced. For everyone that doesn't know, this area means nipples, I'm guessing. Where she's Boobs. pointing, where Hannah is pointing to. Yes, yes. I've got it too, Hannah. So, yeah. Yes, that's right. so good. And also, <laughs> my boyfriend is always like, I can see a nipple person in your story. And I'm like, yeah, but this is where I've got it. Like, I, I like to, yeah. you know, have it. Excuse me for this. But, um, yeah, I just think it's such like, sexy thing to have i'd get yeah. both done if i could yeah um but yeah my mom's absolutely horrified she's like i'm shocked i'm shocked but i was like i was just honest and open and told her um but yeah i just think it's such a cool thing to have and you know like innocent wise people probably think <laughs> oh she's a bit boring and basic or very innocent i'm really not like <laughs> she's not yeah. she's, she's got just, a nipple piercing guys she's just found her hormones guys <laughs> <laughs> watch out <laughs> But it's all about, I never wear a bra and I'm always, <laughs> nipples are on show all the Her time. So permanently yeah, I'm, yeah, sorry guys, but it is what it is. I'm a female and I have nipples, so get used to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I wear a bra now as well. I don't like wearing bras. It's just not comfy for me. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, free the nip. We're all for it. I mean, bless you two. If I didn't wear a bra, they'd be down at my knees. But anyway, look, we can try. There's a sexy, sexy visual for our listeners. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, it's just gonna be like go make a GoFundMe. <laughs> what for a lift? <laughs> well, I'm getting this better rig now because I had now like. They're, they're lifting. Down. They're actually lifting you up. Reckon? Yeah, they're lifting up. They're looking better. But it's her, she's got such an hourglass shape too mm. now. Mm. Listen yeah. to Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like nodding <laughs> furiously. <laughs> she's like, yeah, do what you thought. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, our signature question and I guess the whole premise of our podcast is, you know, helping our listeners with things that we wish we knew when we were earlier. So our signature question that we'll finish off with is what is something you know now that you wish you knew years ago? Um, that you need to stop caring what other people think. Um, a lot of the time, like <laughs> I have this thing, like, if I want to post something and I'm not sure about, you know, like how people will take it or it's like that judgment, um, I've got this three, two, one, fuck it, and just post it. Ah, and I love that. <laughs> That's great. We could have used that on episode one. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> three, two, one, fuck it. Um, most of the time, those posts do like the best because you're being honest and open, yeah, yeah. and there's no judgment. But before, I just cared too much what people think. Obviously, I still do a little bit, but not so much. Like I'll post something and be like, yeah, whatever. Like, I feel good in that. Why Why not? I'm being honest here. People are going to relate to it more. When if you hide behind something and you're just not giving the truth, people can see right through that and they'll be like, mm, no. So, yeah, I just be honest and open and don't give the shit what other people think. Three, two, one, fuck Definitely. it. Oh, I'm going to get that. Oh, I love shirt. that. I think I'm going to get that tattooed on me. 
Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> All three of us. When you come to Australia, let's get a tattoo. One, two, three, fuck it. No, three, two, one. Three, two, one, fuck it. <laughs> Already stuffing it up. I'll get the stuffed up tattoo. You will get the right one. <laughs> no. You place it on your body. Where do you reckon? On your hip? One, fuck it. Well, oh, I you mean... could do it on the wrist. Just three, do a tram yeah. stamp. Do a tram stamp. Yeah. Just three, two, one, fuck it. Or the fingers, three, two, one, fuck it. Like have it on a different finger in between, three, two, one, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. You could do that. You should Look, she's all for it. That. She's not in. Yeah. Yeah, but you all should right. probably trademark that before we do. <laughs> <laughs> this next episode will be called three, two, one, fuck it. <laughs> It'll be like, that's bastards. <laughs> and you have quite a great affiliation with a few brands um did you want to give them a bit of a plug here yeah so obviously my protein however you guys can't get my discount code in australia which is annoying but i love my protein products and vibes um oh i know what products you do get and i work for them like and we do post every month and they're really good to me bounce yeah you know love bounce, bounce but love love nice amazing um hazelnut for line is like my favorite flavor it's like a chocolate truffle easily Yum. getting in your those kind of things um oh there's quite a few but we are taller i wore it in my um gym reel yesterday yeah, yeah. like so it's, a cute. Gym, it's amazing it's cute like it has that scrunch effect on the booty mm. so it's like yes. we love that like, we love that makes the booty look good yeah. we're all for that oh. we're gonna have to get some of those aren't we yeah all right done i think they're the kind of companies that right now are in my head do apologize to any companies that i've not mentioned <laughs> <laughs> look we'll chuck them all in the show notes because we do actually have some listeners over in the uk which is pretty exciting Amazing. and the us so we'll pop all your discount codes in the show notes anyone wants to and steal a bargain and help hannah's uh, little affiliation and um, her instagram <laughs> handle yes hannah your instagram handle is hannah yeah. food hannah. food i'm also doing because I feel like I post a lot of my clients' stuff rather than mine on that. I'm doing a separate page, which I'm supposed to be creating tonight, which is going to be coached by Hannah Licia. So another Instagram where I share my clients. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Yeah, awesome. Well, Han, thank you so much for the chat. You're an absolute weapon. Some days <laughs> you scare me, um, but that's for my own benefit. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Hannah. You are such a light, even seeing you on the phone right now you're just such a light like your aura just radiates through the phone so we feel so lucky to have you in our life and um as soon as we're off this phone we'll be texting you saying a date you're coming to australia and we're hanging out and partying yeah because guess what you're stuck with us now we've got getting tattoos (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much han thanks han thank you 